Hi. Hey. What's up? Just uh, recording a podcast. What about you? Not much. Just hanging out. We're here. Episode two. Number two. Number two of the Nostalgia Entertainment System podcast. Can you believe it? I can. I can't. You can't? No. Explain. I didn't think we'd make it this far. Okay. Two? We did it. Big number. Yeah. Two is a good number. It's the best Star Wars movie. And I mean, coming out by order. So Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Not Attack of the Clones. What's wrong with Attack of the Clones? It's not very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, it's also the, uh, what you call poop when you're going to the bathroom, but you don't want to tell people what you're doing <laughs> necessarily. That is true. Mm-hmm. Where'd that come from? Good question. Good well, question, doctor. We'll never know. Mm-mm. I'm not going to look it up. I don't know how I would look that up. You would type into Google where does number two well, come why from Why do we poop? say number two and we poop? Yeah. All right. Why do... It's hard to type on my lap. But it's a laptop. I usually use it on a table, though. Oh, you've got a tabletop, then. To when we poop. For all of you English nerds, according to the... Oh, I don't want to go to the Odyssey online. Remember that website? Is that the website that does the award show at college? I will. So from what I remember is the Odyssey online was this website that like was, I don't know if they were paying people when we were in college or if it was just like you could write and they would publish your stuff on their website. But it was just basically like college essays written by college students. And I don't know. I feel like everybody I knew who was like an English major or like a history major, like was writing weird opinion pieces for the Odyssey online. I don't know. It seemed very silly to me because I feel like it was just like it would just put a bunch of opinion pieces up and kind of pretend like they were facts when really it was just like college students saying what they thought about things, which isn't very. It's the heart of American journalism. Yeah. Just just (laughs) college kids. Okay, let's go to. uh Quora.com. What is the history behind number one being assigned for P and number two for poo? Oh, well, this is just like an ask. It's like a Yahoo answers. Yeah. Here we go. David Caladine or Caladine says the terms number one and number two for going to the toilet. Those America, those American call it a bathroom, a place where you wash question mark. It's just quiet old. Or those unaware, number one is urinating, (laughs) number two is defecating, and down to rhyming slang as number two rhymes with poo. This is written very poorly. Number one doesn't rhyme with pee, though, so that (laughs) doesn't hold. Um, There is a bit of an urban legend that it arose in schools where children would raise one finger or two. Um, This goes on to embellish that in the days before inside plumbing, number two would imply the need to access the outhouse. What? Why? This is there. This is not giving me any answers. Is there really no like like in the top five hits that you would get on on a Google search? Are none of them like a legitimate article about why the first five are the Odyssey online, which I am not taking his fact for reasons why I already said uh, the second one is Quora.com the next two are Urban Dictionary and then the next the next one is uh, just an article called Oh Poop Everything You Know You Need to Know About Your Number Two huh. so it doesn't really explain that interesting I would I feel like that would have been a well researched topic by someone yeah. You know, there'd be like a Vice article about it. Oh, there is an article on womenshealthmagazine.com called How to Poop Politely at Work, On Planes, and at a Guy's Place. Ooh. How to poop politely. You don't want to poop rude. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the office, uh, space yourself out, pick a stall as far away as possible from anybody that's already occupied so that you and other poopers can have a little privacy. 
put a layer of toilet paper on the water surface. The toilet paper muffles the noise poop makes when it hits the water and creates less of a splash. What? Do a courtesy flush while you go and another. Besides making any embarrassing sounds, flushing as soon as the poop plops prevents the odor from reeking up the entire bathroom. Don't carry on a conversation. What? Texting or talking on the phone well on well and in the stall is unhygienic. And if coworkers see you use it, it will damage your work. Who reputation. is watching you text in the stall? I don't know. Um, I want to see what it says at a guy's place. Ooh, run the cold faucet. The sound of running water is loud enough to block any sounds your guy might hear. Um, plus, the gentle swoosh will relax you so you don't get poop stage fright. <laughs> or you uh, could just poop like a human. Yeah. You know, I will say, though, that some of those, I think, are false. Mainly, the uh, I think it was the courtesy flush one. Because once the poop is in the water, it's not really going to smell. It's the poop that's on your ass that is exposed to the air if there's any hanging around and any farts you might have done that really is what causes the smell. Yeah, or maybe like as it's as it's all happening. Yeah. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Like, I, I, I don't think it's the actual physical poop in the water that really releases that much odor. I mean, I'm not a poop scientist, so I don't really... You're not? No. Wait, what's this podcast about then? It's about... Who knows? Who knows what it's about? What a! I don't think we've even introduced ourselves. We have not. No, we've gone on a whole. We've gone. We've hole. gone. We've gone seven and a half minutes in, mostly talking about poop. Um, <laughs> yeah. To that, uh, as always, it's me, Josh, and I'm Paul, and welcome to Nostalgia Entertainment System, where apparently we talk about poop, which I have no qualms with. Yeah, I don't care. If you have made it this far in, you're a true fan for listening to seven and a half minutes of poop talk. Yeah, that's uh, our other podcast. Poop talk. Poop talk. We talk about poop. We podcast while we poop. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's unhygienic and our coworkers are always judging us. Hey, they said nothing about podcasting while pooping. Just talking and texting. Yeah, it was talking and texting. That uh, that's a taboo. Taboo. (laughs) Podcasting. (laughs) A okay. Well, how are you, Paul? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. You're mentioning earlier uh, that you just got an Xbox. I did. I got an Xbox One for my birthday from my brothers. Wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. One thing I was going to mention, but I decided to save it until now because it's conversation. Why Why use up conversation if we're not going to record it? Yeah, why talk to each other unless it's for the podcast? That's true. We never speak otherwise. Uh-uh. Um, did you get Game Pass? I did. It's great. How much is it for for Xbox for console? Um, it was so for the first time, it's one dollar for three months, which is already a great deal. That that is a good deal. However, I looked through all the games and there's not a ton that I'm super interested in. But I also think that's the point is because even if you're not interested in it, it's like because I, I have it for PC mm-hmm. and it's five dollars a month. because oh. it's still in like beta and it's like not fully released yet. Mm-hmm. But there's a few games where it's like, I probably won't drop full price on this. I'm not, I'm only tangentially interested in it. Sure. But why not? I, I got it, you know? Yeah, I guess, I guess that's a good point. Although my own video gaming preference is that I, I don't, there's only certain video games I'm really going to play because I, I don't spend a lot of time playing video games. So if I'm going to play the game, it's going to be one that I really want to play. So I feel like I'm less likely to just like see a game and be like, I'll play that because then I also have to, you know, install it. Oh, that's true. Which on my Xbox takes a really long time, especially if it's a big game. Yeah, most games, at least like AAA games, you're going to be looking at at least 60 gigs. Yeah, which it just like that's like a whole night. And Mm -hmm. by the time that night's over, I'm usually like. I'll, it'll be a few days before I come back. And yep. Who knows if I want to play that game again? Is, Maybe uh, I will. Is Flight Simulator on Xbox or is it just PC? Um, I did not see it, but I'll look again because okay. it has Goat Simulator and Farming Simulator. Farming Simulator could be fun. A lot of the simulator games I think are pretty fun. I would love to play Flight Simulator. I had an old version of that as a kid, but I I don't want to play Farming Simulator. <laughs> I, I mean, you, n- you never know with those kinds of games. 
because uh, I have American Truck Simulator, mm-hmm. and you just drive like an eighteen wheeler, and that's it. That sounds better than Farm Simulator. I don't know. Farm Simulator could be fun. Drive around a tractor and harvest your yield. <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is that some simulator games are fun. Maybe go- I, I might do Goat Simulator. It's a pretty fun meme game. I've never played it, but I've watched videos of people playing it. It seems like a good kick. Yeah. Again, that's the kind of thing where like I'm not going to buy Goat Simulator, but if it's on Game Pass, You'll I mean, what's the heart? Like I'm not losing anything by downloading it in fact i'm probably losing something by not downloading it giving myself the option that's a good point you're right how uh you also said you got star wars knights of the republic yes how far into it are you well i should preface this by saying that i'm a really big star wars fan like i have read some of the books i've read some of the comics i really love all the movies i've seen like all of clone wars I, i i'm really into star wars i like star wars a lot I never really played this game when it first came out, and it's hard for me. Yep. I'm not good at it, and I was disappointed with the customization of my character. You can only be human. Yeah, you don't get a lot of customization. I think this game came out in like 2003, 2004, Mm -hmm. and maybe this will help steer you, but the reason that it's popular and the reason that people like it is not necessarily for gameplay reasons. It's because the writing is really good. Hmm. So at least that's what helps me when I, because I'm playing through it on and off right now. Mm -hmm. I played it on the original Xbox when I was maybe 10 or 11 or something. I don't know, maybe a little older than that, but I borrowed my friend's Xbox for a while and he, he let me borrow with it Knights of the Old Republic 2. So I never played the first one because he only had the second um, one, the Sith Lords. Yeah. So I've played through that. So I figured so a while ago I bought and just for ease of use, I'm just going to call it KOTOR from here on out. Um, I bought KOTOR 1 Mm -hmm. because it was on sale on Steam and then played it for a little bit, got a little bored. And then recently I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play it. Why not? And coming from like modern time games that are like really well polished and have intricate systems and are just like really fun to look at and play. This game is 100% not that. Yeah. Like combat is really slow because it is somewhat real time, somewhat turn-based and actions command based on top of running on a D20 system. Uh, So I don't know if you've really looked through any of like the ability descriptions uh, br- briefly but it does run on a d20 system so it makes rolls and then adds modifiers from your stats to those rolls uh to see whether or not you hit and how much damage you do paul and i play D, so together yes together uh so i'm hoping that you're at least somewhat familiar with a d20 system yeah yeah i, I get that it, it, i think the big thing for me is like it's it's more exciting when you're rolling for it and like you're like i hope i make this hit instead of just like watching the hit like take place yes combat it's just a little laser that like hits somebody and then like a little cloud appears and it says minus five yeah combat is uh unthrilling mm-hmm. to put it lightly but overall i think like the dialogue is really fun like whenever you get those moments like have you gotten how i guess how far are you again i just escaped the first ship okay cool i'm not far at all okay so at least you know who karth is at least karth onassi uh yeah that's the the guy you the republic uh yeah yeah fighter pilot Mm -hmm. guy yeah there'll be moments throughout the game if you keep him in your party because you get other party members i don't really think that spoils anything Mm -hmm. because there's a menu where you can see party members and they're all silhouettes obviously right but there are moments where like if you don't talk to him the game will just pause and it'll cut to your character and it says like karth looks like he wants to say something oh yeah it did that to me the other day i love those bits of dialogue and I just like reading through them and just like hearing what Karth has to say. And it's like, mm, no, Karth, you're being you're being a little bitch right now. And just like, I don't know, just responding to how like I would respond to that with the given dialogue options. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the game is the strongest. I think in terms of just like the dialogue and the writing and all that kind of stuff. So I hope you stick with it because I think it's a really fun game. I, I want to. I want to enjoy it as much as other people have. If anything... I think you, I mean, it is pretty far into the game. 
but I really hope you at least get to see HK 47. I've heard of this. Yeah, that droid. Yep. He's great. You got to love him. I just got him in, in my, in my game on, I think, yeah, I just got to Tatooine. No, I, I bought a droid in my game and then it blew up. Did you threaten her for more money? No. Okay. I just said, can I have my money back? And she said, okay. It's like, this was fucking pointless. Like, oh, I persuaded her to give me more money. I didn't threaten her, but I did persuade her. And she gave me like 75 credits instead of 50. Wow. I, I'm a light side Jedi. I'm playing, you know, I'm playing this way that I personally would respond to some of these prompts. Do you, if somebody sold you something and it exploded, you would ask for more money back? Eh, probably not, but I would definitely, well, I definitely would ask for my money back. And I would also ask probably for some kind of additional compensation for when you say that, hey, my product works. It's great. All right, I'll take it. And it explodes when I leave the store. That's I'm gonna, bad. I am going to want more than my money back. I don't care if it's store credit or a gift card, but I'm going to want something in addition to getting my money back. When you sold me a product that you guaranteed is great and it explodes. That happened to me when I shopped at Men's Warehouse. <laughs> what exploded, your britches? Yeah. <laughs> I pooped my pants. <laughs> and I said, why do we call it number two? <laughs> and then that guy said, I don't know. I guarantee it. <laughs> and, then he, and then he pissed his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he pissed his pants, yeah. Well, speaking of video games, today's topic is humongous entertainment. Humongous. Entertainment. <laughs> that should have been their, their little thing. I'm sure they thought about it. We're but coming in hot after playing through Pajama Sam uh, into the Pajama Samiverse. Yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. Something something about not being afraid in the dark. I don't remember the title. But for anyone out there that doesn't know, Humongous Entertainment is, well, not really is anymore. I would say was a, a pretty big pretty big contender in the edutainment uh, software side of things, uh, producing titles like Pajama Sam and Putt-Putt and Freddy Fish, Spy Fox. And supposedly they also made like, backyard baseball and maybe other backyard titles um, yeah i didn't know that until today and i was kind of looking at that i didn't know that until i saw it like autofill in google uh but before before uh maybe we get into it a little more do you have a do you have any like history with with playing computer games or like point and clicks or anything like that um i have some vague memories of being like really little like probably in the late 90s playing i don't know i specifically remember this one game where you were trying to like put on a play with these rabbits mario 3 no it's not, <laughs> it's not mario 3 it's a computer game uh, but you like we're trying to find like costumes and set pieces for this forest's play i don't remember much beyond that it was one of the computer games that my grandma had so i could only play it when i went over to my grandma's house that was the same at that same time, my older brother would play um, a Legoland game. I think it was like Lego Island or something like that. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Uh, Pepper. You can skateboard around and hold pizza. I don't I don't know. I, I didn't play it. I watched him play it. Okay. And he did not like that I would watch him play it. So I wasn't really paying attention. But that was really the only point and click game that I had access to. Because my elementary school, we did not have them like in the computer labs or whatever you were pretty much just like stuck with reading tests yeah that's all i kind of remember doing right. in our elementary school p- computer lab when did do you remember when your family got a computer uh yes well i remember we had a computer pretty early on but we didn't really have games we had one like encyclopedia disc about dinosaurs Ooh, which you could put in the computer. And then I think all you could do was you would click on little little like icons and then it would play a little movie. I don't remember if there was sound or not, but some of them were 3D. So if you put on 3D glasses, you could see. Whoa, that I thought you were talking about like 3D graphics and like it was rendered like a 3D (laughs) model. No, 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 no. It was a 3D movie that it would show you five seconds long of like a T-Rex growling. And then it'd be done. And then it'd, you could click on another one. It'd be a T or a Triceratops. 
doing like the same thing. But th- there wasn't a game. Like he just looked at these videos. There was no goal. Wow. Was it like the blue and red like 3D glasses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, remember when those were the shit and yeah. they were just everywhere? Yeah. I remember watching uh, Spy Kids 3D with those glasses. Oh, yeah. I watched Spy Kids 3D in my living room. Oh, yeah. It, it didn't work quite as well as it did in the theater, but... No. I still watch that. Yeah, I watch that a lot. Let's see. What other computer... Oh, the first computer game I remember playing was like a Sesame Street paint thing. It was basically like Microsoft Paint, but with Sesame Street stencils or like black okay. and white pictures, and you could just color in Sesame Street. You're checking your watch like you don't find this game totally enthralling. That I'm oh, no, to. I got a I got a message on Slack. That was it. I was like, oh, what is what is work trying to get at me for? Whatever. I'll get to it later. Oh, that, that is my young childhood computer history up until probably when I started going to that post serial website. Postopia. Yeah. Yeah. You could play games with uh, Lucky and tricks rabbit or is the that one not I'm, post the one i'm thinking of is it was like you could go into the future and you would be boy i don't remember what you would do there if i'm going to talk about it i should look more into it i remember doing it though hmm. i feel like brendan and i used to get that did uh okay so did your did your school just like not really have like an emphasis on like computer learning. We somehow like any of your schools throughout like kindergarten through, I don't know. I said, let's, let's cut it off at like kindergarten through for me. I don't know. I would say fourth grade. I would consider like that as like the age that I probably would have played like humongous entertainment games. Right. We did not. We, we, when I was in fourth grade, the school got some laptops Whoa. But we could only use those for like research stuff. Makes sense. We didn't play any games on there. And in the school library, there was not any like point and click games. I only ever played, I think it was Spy Fox at a friend's house in fifth grade. And it was, it was kind of fun, but also as we learned today, kind of infuriating. So I don't think we finished it and we were already halfway through when I started playing it, because it was from like a saved game or something mm, like that. I see. So I, I really did not grow up playing these games very much. What about you? Well, my family didn't get a computer until like the year 2000 or something like that. 2000, 2001. I don't know. Somewhere around that time uh, is when my parents got their first computer. It was a Hewlett Packard desktop. Like the novelty was really cool for a while. And then over time, it started to really settle in how bad that computer was uh, very early on, because at some point I realized I can play games on the computer. And then it dawned on me very quickly, even though I didn't understand why that like these games aren't working right. And it's because it was a very like bad junky computer that really like it, it was I don't know. In today's terms, you would equate it to like a Chromebook Mm. where like its main function is going to be going on the Internet, checking your email, watching videos or whatever. So I remember it came pre-installed with like this racing game where you could pick one car and you can race one track and that's (laughs) it. And it was Uh a time trial. So you're not even racing against like computer cars or anything like that you're just, just going as time, fast as you can as fast as you can and that ran okay and there was also uh a and somewhere in my at my parents house there is like like a camera pic like a picture mm-hmm. taken from a camera where I, I might have even been disposable or something i have no idea of me sitting in front of the computer like maybe a month or two after we had just gotten it and I'm playing this like 3D, uh, not like 3D glasses 3D, but like 3D rendered, 3D modeled, mm-hmm. like pig Pac-Man game <laughs> where you're just like this little pink pig in a maze and you have to like eat these yellow pellets. And every time he eats a pellet, he oinks. <laughs> That's a great premise for a game. Yep. So I remember those that were like bundled in with like the wild tangent, like 
I don't know. Here's like the wild tangent suite, like download wild tan. I don't know. Just like here's some demos for some games that. And of course, uh, pinball space pinball. Oh, we had space pinball on our computer. Gotta love space pinball. Never really played proper PC games just because one, our computer couldn't run it. Mm -hmm. And two, I was I had like a GameCube. And I had consoles. You had consoles. Yeah. Why do you need the computer? So it was never really, uh, it was never like my interest to like play computer games until, you know, way later down the road when like PC gaming just started to become more and more, maybe not necessarily popular, but more accessible Mm -hmm. to the point where just like, I just built my own. Right. And so that's what I have now. The first like humongous entertainment game that I played was probably Pajama Sam. Mm-hmm. Where and did you play it? So this is kind of where I don't know the difference between what actually happened and what I remember. Okay. Lay it on me. So I would have been really young, maybe like six or seven years old. This was before, or maybe even younger than that, because if we got the computer around 2000, 2001, I would have been six or seven years old. So I would have been younger than that. So I don't know how this was arranged my mom would use the computers at the library of not my elementary school, but the associated middle school that was just just down the road. They would just let her use the computers there. So she would just like show. I don't I don't know if this was during the summer. I don't know if this was during like the weekend. I don't know when this was because we would go there in like the middle of the day and my mom would go and check her email look at some websites or something at Check like dogpile.com go to dogpile ask jeeves for some advice yeah. you know do whatever else she's doing on the internet what advice do you think your mom was looking for at that point uh i don't know probably recipes how to fix the house that's my assumption <laughs> okay i don't even know what my mom looks for on the internet now <laughs> i can't imagine what she would need to find on the internet other than uh i don't know facebook no, your it's probably Facebook? like, yeah, it's probably K-pop. Oh, your mom likes K-pop? I would not be surprised. I bet my mom likes K-pop. I would be surprised at that. Really? Yeah. I guess I might, my might be too. My mom's kind of more into like, uh, she's just finding out about uh, Pharrell. Just now? Yeah, I just, for Mother's Day, I asked what she would like and she asked for Pharrell's album with Happy on it. Wow, that's the one where he's wearing that big hat. Yeah, and so I... It's, you just so got her the big hat. Yeah, I should have. I should have gotten her a Pharrell hat. Yeah, so I don't know how... So in about 10 years, she'll be into <laughs> to K-pop. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how it was arranged where my mom would just go to the middle school that I was not enrolled in because I'm, <laughs> I'm like four or five. Mm-hmm. And she would just use, uh, use the computers there, which is very interesting when I finally got to that middle school going into the library seeing the computers in the exact same like configuration because mm-hmm. like you would walk into the library and then like to the right when you walked in would be the desk where you would check out books and do whatever else sure to the directly to the left of that and like a little island thing there were six computers uh in like two rows of uh three would be like mm-hmm. and they, they would just be facing each other or facing away from each other um mm. so like two four six that kind of thing sure and then another lower they were and they were all like higher up you would sit on stools next to it was another group of four computers that were just on normal desks so you would sit down in um and then like over off to the side kind of next to the reception desk there was a couple more computers a couple more computers from there and so my mom would sit like on the ones with the stools and i very vividly remember because I, I would also just like you know punch things into the computer and like type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've the one memory I have of that is there is a kid sitting next to me or something. Or no, I think I was sitting, he, he was sitting somewhere in like the computer cluster and he was on Lego's website for Throwbots. Do you remember Throwbots? That name sounds kind of familiar. I'm going to let me look it up. I they I they pre- I think they preceded Bionicle. As far as like a creature oh, kind of like I remember through Lego bots. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he was on a Throwbots website playing a game and I was like, I want to play this game. But of course, I'm a shy kid and I'm not going to ask 
this kid, how did he get there? Instead, what I did, and now that I'm thinking about it, this is kind of like a recurring theme whenever there would be like an older kid doing something that I was kind of interested in. I would just kind of like stand there and just like stare. Uh-huh. And what I did was I like stared at the URL and I just relayed the whole URL like one letter by one back to my mom for her to type into her web browser. And uh-huh. I must have done something wrong because, of course, it didn't open. It didn't work. No. Was So this kid's playing a game. This kid's just playing a game. Standing there. And then there's this four-year-old kid just watching him play, coming back and forth, reading the website he's on one letter at a time. And I think eventually, I think eventually my mom maybe just went and asked him or like checked what the website was because I do remember playing those games. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just so funny to yeah, to imagine. But I like to imagine you doing that now, like <laughs> just too shy to ask anybody. So you, <laughs> I'm at a coffee place and I'm just like, ooh, what are they, what are they watching? And then just like sipping a, a soy milk latte I'm like, the, right behind him, just standing like four feet back. <laughs> Uh, but that, that computer lab in the library is where I played Pajama Sam because they had a copy. Oh, was this before you were in middle school then? Yeah, this was like the same time when oh, like okay. my mom would be checking her email and one of the librarians there was like, do you want to play this game, I guess? Because I don't remember ever asking to play this game, mm-hmm. but I just remember at some point playing this game and then whenever we would go back, I would play that game. And I think it was the Pajama Sam that we played today. Oh, I think it was that one. Or so why didn't you know how to win? I don't know, Paul. You forget a lot of things in 16, 17 years. Okay. However, however long it's been. It was harder than it should have been. A little bit. Yeah, it was definitely a pajama Sam game that that I played, though. Other than that, I mean, I played I played another humongous entertainment game in later in like fourth grade, third grade second grade earlier i don't know somewhere around that time because we had a computer lab or computer section in the library of my elementary school and those i remember having like apple twos or something Mm -hmm. i distinctly remember when we would have like our computer time like once a week or whatever to learn like time to learn computer skills play a game it was like the really old chunky computers that had greens like all the text on the screen was green Oh, like I there was those. no color. Mm-hmm. You had to hit like, do you want to do this? Y N like that whole deal. Mm-hmm. I remember playing like some sort of learning game on those. And as a kid, I was just like, this is boring because it's too easy. And then the next year, those computers were upgraded. Oh, shit. For our computer time that year, we would just play Freddy Fish Maze Madness or whatever it was. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know, which is really interesting. And the reason that I asked you mm-hmm. if you had a lot of like computer learning is because I had a lot of it when I was growing up and like my school was the poor school. I went to like the poor kids school in like the less than desirable neighborhood mm-hmm. and everyone made fun of the evergreen kids because everyone thought we were poor and shitty. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we were that school when you got to high school. It's like, oh, you're from Evergreen. Oh. My school wasn't the poor school, to my knowledge. Maybe it was, but nobody ever brought up the fact that it was. It also has since been torn down. In oh. fact, <laughs> maybe it was the poor school after all. Yeah, it was the oldest school in the state of Montana when I went there. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did it get replaced or did it just nah, we're done with this? I don't know. I haven't driven by it. I think it's just. I don't know. Let me I'm going to Google the name of the school all throughout kindergarten through like fourth grade, I think is what I brought up earlier. I remember like in kindergarten playing this one MS DOS game that I want to find what it was so bad, but I really can't remember anything about it other than there was like a cityscape and I don't even know if you were controlling anything. I just remember on screen there being like these like Dr. Mario virus looking characters, like a, a, an orange one and a red one. That's literally all I remember about that game. And I've been wanting to find out what it was, but obviously that's not enough of a descriptor to like mm-hmm. really figure out what it is. In like first grade, I remember playing with like some sort of storytelling software where you could like narrate a story and there would be like, a handful of backgrounds and like images or even gifts that you could use to just like illustrate the story. Mm-hmm. 
fourth grade, I remember playing a lot of kid picks, like kid picks was huge. Um, and just like playing around with that. So like computers and computer learning was like a huge part of growing up for me, even though I never did it at home. Happened a lot in school. Interesting. I, I just found out they didn't rebuild my elementary school or maybe they're in the process of it, but it did get torn down. Well, what say you, uh, what say we take a little break here and then we'll dive more into the history of humongous entertainment. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Deep in the bowels of an old power plant, a sinister plot is hatching. Ha ha! At last the time has come to hatch my sinister plot! This lever will activate my blackout generator and the world will be thrown into eternal night! Not so fast, doctors! What? Pajama Man! That's right, Fiend! And I have some gadgets of my own! Take that! Ah, not the Illuminator Mark 5! Do you have anything to say before you're sucked into my portable bad guy containment unit? I wish you'd pick up your socks once in a while. Sure thing, Mom. You can consider that done. Okay, Sam. You remember tonight's the night we go to sleep with the lights off. Don't worry about me, Mom. I'm ready. And I can put on my pajama Sam mask if I get scared. That's good, dear. Good night, Sam. Good night, Mom. All right, welcome back. Boy, what have I got here? I've just got a little bit of history for Humongous Entertainment. Yeah. Um. Really, there's a lot less to it than... I kind of thought there would be like, I thought there would be a lot more to really like dive in. And I'm sure there is, but I have a lot less written down for this than I did fast food toys, mm-hmm. which I don't know, to me was just just a little bit surprising. Yeah. So. I mean, I think with fast food toys, there's like a lot of like variety and like, you know, there had to be somebody who came up with the idea for fast food toys. And then there were so many like things that spun off from there. Whereas this was kind of its own little, own little thing. Yeah, I mean, fast food toys also had like a 20 year lead true on on humongous entertainment, but and it, it's still happening unlike humongous entertainment. That's true. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll get started. So humongous entertainment is, uh, as previously mentioned, it's a video game development company. Uh, they were founded in 1992 in Woodenville, Washington by Ron Gilbert and Shelley Day. Uh, the two of them had worked at Lucas Arts. Uh, Gilbert was a programmer and designer. Uh, Day was a producer for them. Wow, Lucas Arts, huh? Lucas Arts, yeah. yeah. So, and and really, when you think about that, that really makes a lot of sense since the games that they were producing for Lucas Arts were point and clicks. So they were things like um, like Monkey Island, on uh, Maniac Mansion, uh, which are two of the more notable like projects that I saw like Gilbert work on. Mm -hmm. So having that influence. And I think I read in an article somewhere that they were like, they wanted to like bring that idea of like puzzle solving and like problem solving for children that, that all, that all like kind of just like leads into leads into it very well. Their, their most well-known series, of course, as we mentioned before, pajama, Sam, putt, putt, Freddy fish, spy Fox backyard base, which I guess I could have looked up during the break, but I didn't, man, I, okay. Not a little tangent here, but I remember playing backyard baseball for GameCube. Mm-hmm. That game was so fun. That was, that was the one where they had like a partnership or whatever with major league baseball. So you would play like kid versions of like Sammy Sosa and Alex Rodriguez, who I, I don't know any other Ichiro, other baseball people from that time. Mm-hmm. I thought that game was so fun. I don't know if I ever actually played it. I, yeah, I don't care about baseball at all. I think it's one of the most boring sports to watch. And, but I love that game. It's so fun. <laughs> I, I remember looking at it at the store, like the case and like picking it up and being like, wow, I wish I had this game, but I didn't have it. Cause I didn't have a console or a computer that can what, handle. <laughs> what a sentiment though, right? Yeah. I feel like I did. I did that so many times. Just like, wishing for games. Yeah. I remember going to Walmart and where they had those like scanner guns mm-hmm. at the video games and you would like scan the barcode and then on the TV, they would just play like a demo or like a trailer for that game. Oh, whoa. I never did that. Yeah. So I would just like spend like so much time just like, oh, this game looks cool. And I just like scan the thing, like what, like crank my neck up mm-hmm. and then just like watch the trailer and then just keep doing that. I like hogged 
the, the little oh, scanner. Okay, thing. so I probably didn't ever do this because there was always one kid who was hogging the fucking controller or whatever. Yeah. The scanner gun. That was also the first time I ever played uh, Ocarina of Time. Zelda game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a demo. Like, I remember just like cranking my neck and then like watching Link run around the Temple of Time. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a trip. Wow. But I just remember like, look at all these games that I really wish I had. And now I'm get them. No, (laughs) but now now I do. In fact, it's kind of the opposite where I see a new game and I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to get this. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of having that thing a little bit with uh, with the new Mario 3D All Stars that was just announced. Oh, I have no idea about any of that. Oh, they're uh, re-releasing Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine and uh, Mario Galaxy for Switch. Wow. Yeah. You're not interested in that. No, not really. They're not adding anything new to the game. And I own all of those games already. Mm-hmm. And if I want to see them in like a higher resolution or whatever, I can just emulate them. I don't know what the value proposition there is for me. Other than the fact that it is for whatever reason, like, like a timed release so it's only available until like whenever it releases it stops being available at the end of march 2021 oh so you couldn't buy it in like three years from no so i'm thinking about just buying extra copies and hoping that they'll sell for a lot oh wow okay that's the only value i see in it really Mm because like i've already played these games they're not adding anything new like gameplay wise yeah that is interesting it's probably just for people who Used to have a GameCube or something, and then their GameCube broke or something, and then now mm-hmm. they're just like, well, I'll play that. Sure. I'm sure it's also for people that would have been, that maybe are around our age, that also just like probably never got like a chance to play them or whatever. So if I had a Switch, I might buy it. If you've never played those three games, it's a great deal for, I think, 40 bucks. Oh, yeah. You know, but me, I've played, I've played all three of those games multiple times. Am I, am I getting anything out of it? No. So I don't know. Weird tangent, weird, weird tangent to go on there. But moving on, the name Humongous Entertainment came from another LucasArts uh, alumni, I guess. Alumnus. I don't really know if that's the proper term for 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 that. But uh, it's Tim Schaefer from Double Fine. He's the guy that made uh, Psychonauts and Grim Fandango bunch of other like prominent point and click adventure games i never heard of any of those really nope not, not even grim fandango no. where you play as a skeleton you're just saying things wow this sounds like you're making things up i'm not it's like I... you play johnny um kick bucket where you play as a little rat man is that a game that uh, you love no <laughs> i just made it up see johnny kick bucket the rat man if you get that as a tattoo listener that's pretty cool so that is is a lot of like, I don't know, just kind of like the basic information about Humongous Entertainment. Um, most of the information that I found was just like, I don't know, just like really quick timeline stuff. And after a certain point, Humongous Entertainment, they just kind of like spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. So we'll start uh, in 1996. So July 11, 1996, Humongous Entertainment was acquired uh, by GT Interactive for $76 million. From what I can tell, this was an acquisition to help keep the company afloat because mm-hmm. I guess they were starting to lose money. In 1996? In 1996. Three years later, um, November 1999, GT Interactive is acquired by Infogrames and the next year... Uh, in 2000, the founders of Humongous Entertainment, so this includes Gilbert and Day, uh, among I think some other key staff, attempt to purchase Humongous Entertainment from Infogrames, uh, presumably so they have full control over the company. Mm-hmm. But they were unsuccessful in purchasing the company because the planned purchase date for when they would like, um, like, acquire humongous entertainment back so they have full control over it coincided with the collapse of the dot-com bubble oh and so all the funding that they had externally gotten to purchase their company back Mm -hmm. like disappeared and so they never got the opportunity to like get it back shit yep so following that 
the next year in 2001, the founders, so again, uh, Gilbert and Day, along with those, I'm assuming the same key staff, broke off and they founded a new company called Hullaby Entertainment in 2001. And from what I can tell, boy, they did not make anything of note. So mm-hmm. I don't know what happened here, but this is just like for like this this time period and like this company, it just seems like it's a very dark, shitty time to make matters worse. And and I'll, I'll provide some 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 context to this. When I was looking up what games Hullaby Entertainment made, none of them I've, I had never heard of any of them because they were like similar like kids edutainment games, mm-hmm. but they were just like names that I'd never heard of, like Allo in the Sunny Valley Fair. I want, like who and what? Is Allo related to Otto, that boat we met? I think this guy was like a like a bug or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But I did notice that they had one recognizable game, which was Piglet's Big Game. And the only reason this stood out to me was because this is an existing IP mm-hmm. that's owned by Disney. So like, okay, they at least had like some notoriety that they were able to secure getting a deal with Disney. Good for them. You'll also notice that Hullaby only has like five or six games credited under them. And the reason for this, at least according to like this forum post that I found about like humongous entertainment and like edutainment point and click games is because of a lawsuit that has to do with Shelly Day. So and and the dates kind of match up for this. So Piglet's Mm -hmm. Big Game releases on February 2, 2003. A few years later, in 2005, Day was convicted of fraud. Not only that, but she was sentenced to 30 months in prison for defrauding a bank for one and a half million dollars. Whoa. Yeah. Damn, Uh, Shelly Day. Yeah. So apparently she wanted to purchase her dream home. So what she did was that she falsely claimed to a bank loan officer that Disney Interactive had agreed to buy part of Hollyby Entertainment and presented forged documents to support that claim. So this forum post, at the very least, believes that this interaction ended their contract with Disney, mm-hmm. and that also just kind of ended the whole company, like, in general. Oh, because that was the only... They had, that was probably their last shot. I think that was the last game that they had made, because after that, there's, like, no games that were released, and that that's pretty much it. Similarly to to uh, to last episode where like, you know, I'm like looking up Burger Chef and like, oh, look at these. The Burger Chef murders. Burger Chef murders. Yeah. Which uh, as I was editing the podcast, I decided to just like look up some stuff and just like, you know. Is this another episode of a true crime podcast? No, this is an episode. Um, this is an episode of, I don't know, Nostalgia Entertainment System <laughs> mini uh, where I where, where I where I make some corrections. <laughs> Wherein I said, if you Google Burger Chef, you won't you won't find the Burger Chef murders. It is the third thing that comes up. Oh, okay, so you you did <laughs> so, fact check yourself. Okay. No, I I did no, no, I did not. Well, maybe it's because we put that episode out. Maybe, maybe we had something to do to do with that. If they get caught, the Burger Chef murderer, I hope that we're thanked. Yeah, by the police or whoever solves the crime. Yeah, probably not the police. Hey, cab dude. Hey, cab. So anyway, after that whole uh, debacle with with the lawsuit, Humongous Entertainment, or at least what is left of it, continues to go through like this whole like meat grinder of a mess. Um, mm-hmm. So that same year that uh, Hollaby Entertainment was formed, Humongous Entertainment was still part of Infogrames doing whatever the fuck they were doing. But in 2001, that same year, Infogrames laid off 40% of Humongous Entertainment staff and like 80% of their own staff. Like they had a huge round of layoffs. Wow. Two more years later, in 2003, Infogrames somehow, I don't know how this happened, but Infogrames somehow has the money to purchase Hasbro. So they purchase Hasbro and Hasbro owns the like rights or or something to Atari. Mm-hmm. So Humongous Entertainment uh, gets renamed to Atari Incorporated, doing like, I don't know, a lot of the same kind of stuff, other kinds of game development. Two more years down the road, Atari Inc. Um, as like its own group that encompasses Humongous Entertainment, gets rid of the Humongous Entertainment like portion and sells it back to Infogrames. And then three more years later, Humongous Entertainment uh, officially like dissolves as a company 
because it still like has like some rights or whatever, like holdings with Atari. So they dissolve the company, retransition or like transition all the assets to a brand new company called Humongous Inc. and publish under Majesco. And they do all that until 2009. Um, during this time, one of the new publisher is mostly when they started porting everything to like the Wii like a bunch of their games. So, mm-hmm. cause it kind of makes sense. You know, you have like the, the pointer with on the Wii, so you can like yeah. point and click and translates same. well to like, yeah, it, yeah, it does translate pretty well. Um, uh, and that's pretty much it for humongous entertainment for like seven years. Uh, nothing happens that I could find of note until 2013 when infogrames files for bankruptcy, uh, and humongous entertainment or humongous Inc, I suppose. And the brand transfers to Tomo, which is a California based publisher which from checking their website, they're very small. And the only game of note that I found on their website that they've published is Bubsy, which is a notoriously terrible oh, PlayStation 1 3D platformer. I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of Bubsy. Yeah. Good news for Humongous Entertainment that they got transitioned to to this uh, publisher that wants to take a bet on Bubsy, I guess. The one thing, though, that Tomo did do, and they did this a few years, a couple years later, They partnered with Night Dive Studios. And this was like this was one of those moments during like research that a lot of stuff just like starts to click together for me. It's like, oh, yeah, I've seen this thing here and I've seen this thing there. It was kind of like for me, at least the thing with Tim Schaefer. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, they credit the name to Tim Schaefer. I'm like, whoa, Tim Schaefer, that Tim Schaefer. It's that Tim Schaefer. So when I saw Night Dive Studios and like the logos, like I've definitely seen this before. And this studio is like well known for updating old games and making them playable on like newer hardware. So like when we played Pajama Sam earlier, Mm -hmm. it's such an old game that if you try to like run like the I if you have the disc, like the actual disc or the ISO that comes on the disc. Right. um, You can't run it because it's too old. So what I ended up using was using a virtual machine to run the game so that it works on newer hardware. So that's pretty much what night dive does for like really old games and they're really well known for bringing back uh like games like system shock like that's what they're really well known for is like a game that was popular well loved i've never played it so i'm just taking other people's word for it Mm -hmm. um that you can't run on like a windows 10 computer and like digging into the code rebuilding stuff so that it does run on newer hardware so they did that same thing that they did with like system shock and turok to humongous entertainment game so like they ported and like all they ported all the putt putt games and like pajama sam games and whatever mm-hmm. uh for digital distribution so that's why like i could buy putt putt that one year on steam was because tomo hired out night dive studios to say hey we have all these games that we can't do anything with let's update them and sell them to people on the internet because it's 2015 so oh, yeah. i'm sure plenty of people bought I'm sure they did. Yeah. I mean, people probably just at least wanted to visit it like we did. Yeah. I mean, and and that for me is where where my like quick information about H.E. kind of ends. Now, as we've alluded to, you had never played a humongous entertainment game before. Right. So we had played right before recording this Pajama Sam. There's no need to be afraid of the dark, I think is what it's called. Yeah, or like the dark. Something like that. Yeah. Give us your thoughts. What did you think? Well, so coming from an adult man, <laughs> it was <laughs> kind of it. What's the right word I'm looking for? It it took it was sometimes easy to figure out what to do, but it was kind of exacerbating to have to click through everything because there's a lot of times where you will like see like his lunchbox. You need to get his lunchbox out of the water, but he can't reach it because he's tiny so you have to like go find something to go get his lunchbox which you end up needing a magnet you have to like in order to get the magnet you have to like go to a room open a door then you like realize that the magnet's on the other side of the door so you have to go press a button i don't even remember how to do it it like numbed my brain but you basically have to go back to the to one room to the kitchen then you gotta go back to that one room again where the magnet is and then you're supposed to go back up to the kitchen again inside like a dumb waiter and then go back to the room and then you can grab the magnet again. It's just it's so like not satisfying 
it just takes so long to do. But I could see why as a child you might like it because it takes a long time to figure out and everything it click on does a fun little dance. Mm-hmm. I think I think moments like that for a kid are are more satisfying mm-hmm. and definitely I think more frustrating when you're an adult. Because the thing that the thing about point and click games is that especially like especially I think Lucas Art game Lucas Arts games are are notorious for and I don't know who coined this but it's a really it's a term that I think really describes point and click puzzles like very well or at least some of the puzzles uh, they utilize a lot of moon logic and I can't think of any specific examples because I never really played a bunch of point and click games as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it's the idea of like, oh, this door is locked. How do I get past it? Well, obviously, I need to go to the kitchen and grab the cheese. I need to use this cheese to make a fondue. And with that fondue, I can take it to like this person who will not give me a key, but will give me like a gun to blast off the doorknob. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 moments where it's just like this. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. And, and even and even that is maybe like like a tame version of describing it because I think a more appropriate is just like you just get the cheese and you use the cheese on the door and it opens because like a mouse comes out and like opens the door for you. Sure, you know that that's probably like a more accurate term um, of like how Moon Logic works. So like in a way, it's like. Okay, how do I get the lunchbox? And and what's nice is that they give you a bunch of hints. We're like, oh, that lunchbox is made of metal. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. So I guess I need a magnet. What annoyed me was the fact that there, earlier you get this wo- piece of wood out of a river using a rope. And like you find the rope and it's like a tool that you get to use. And so you use the rope to pull the wood out. And then as soon as he gets the wood out, he just throws the rope right into the river and you get, can't use it again. But you could have used that rope to get the lunchbox. Yeah, that is pretty frustrating. It's annoying. But he does. OK, to his credit, though, he does like drop the rope. It's not what would have made it more frustrating is if like he held he got the plank out of the out of the water. He was like, I got the plank. And then he just left the rope on the ground. And then you can't pick it back up again that that i feel like would be so much more frustrating that would be more annoying but instead he accidentally hits himself in the face with the board which (laughs) causes him to drop the rope (laughs) that is pretty funny though it's funny but which i i was surprised at how uh i don't know i felt like the writing wasn't like that cheesy i felt the writing was like perfectly fine i think and i think it holds up it's not there's not a lot of like really like laugh out loud i'm gonna like bust a gut kind of jokes but like no there were some ones that were genuinely funny there were some genuinely funny jokes and none of them were just like that's not funny anymore you know they're just like pretty timeless kind of jokes especially like in the context of of the game Mm -hmm. which i thought was uh you know pretty good and there were parts of it too it's cool that like i think there's like some sort of randomization to it which we we like looked up a little bit of the gameplay because <laughs> oh, yeah. we couldn't figure <laughs> out how to find the magnet. Um, <laughs> but it's it turns out there's like two versions you can play. So it's like different each time you play it as a kid. Well, I guess not each time, but the first two times you played as a kid, which that would be nice. Get your money's worth out of the game. Mm-hmm. It's not just the same. And I think if you're I don't know, I think if you're like a, a dumb little kid that can't figure out puzzles. You know, I think you'll definitely get you'll you'll definitely get like your hours per dollar out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wrote this down somewhere, but I didn't really I couldn't really figure out like where to throw it in. But at one point, Humongous Entertainment was like the giants in like children's like edutainment games. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, a lot of the reason I think was because of like, I don't know, because they were just point and click adventure games that had like a little bit of learning and like problem solving like associated with it like i think at one point they they had the number one and number two like best-selling titles or something i believe that and what makes it more like impressive to me is that this was against like um like the learning company uh who made uh like reader rabbit if you've ever seen or heard of reader rabbit i think i've heard of reader rabbit i've never played it but i definitely remember seeing the boxes for Rita Rabbit in like the software section when I was a kid. 
Like I would look at the video games like I wonder what's over at the computer games. I would see like there's Reader Rabbit, but I'm a big kid. I'm not going to look at Reader Rabbit. Instead, I'm going to look out, look at like the box to World of Warcraft Burning Crusade or whatever. So they were up against the learning company and also Disney for like children's software. And they beat both of them, which is really like that's really cool and impressive for them to, you know, I and for the most part, I feel like more people, I would say our age, maybe a little bit older, maybe definitely people around our age. More than likely remember playing like Putt Putt or Pajama Sam mm-hmm. um, more than they would playing Reader Rabbit. Yeah. So credits, credits to them. And I mean, when you look at the people that that made the game, it definitely makes a lot of sense. You know, you have lucas arts people making a game that's for kids that's essentially the same kind of game you know it you'll you'll get that kind of you'll get that kind of quality sorry i'm looking at pictures of reader rabbit and i i thought i would remember something about it but i i don't yeah i i i don't remember or really know wow i'm looking at um the first reader rabbit from like 1989 89 wow but i guess it's not even the first one it's version one four point one and i just i just want you to see it because it's, I thought it was like a bad Microsoft Paint version oh, of it. Oh yeah, it's pretty freaky. That's um, that's some MS DOS looking shit. Yeah. Well, do you have any uh, do you have any final thoughts, Paul, on on Humongous Entertainment? I feel like I don't think I'll ever play one again, unless. No, I don't think I ever will play one again. It was kind of like one of those things where I thought it would be fun to kind of like play because it might be like fun to make fun of mm-hmm. or it might be like genuinely kind of engaging and it kind of was but it was mostly just kind of like like clicking around which i know i was the one who wanted to play the game i <laughs> i told josh that we should play a which i do think that was a good idea yeah but uh yeah it wasn't uh not my not my game and i i probably would have enjoyed it as a kid though yeah i'm sure and i think i did like the time i did play it briefly with a friend of mine i think i had fun but we didn't play it for very long because mm. I had to go home. I think wasn't that always the worst? Yeah, you have to go home at like five or something. It's like you just have to go home. home. It's like there's so much other stuff we got to do. Yeah. Well, mainly just there's more video games to play. Yeah. I don't want to go home. I want to go home where I don't have these video games. Always the worst part about going to a friend's house. Leave. Now it's like I can't wait to get home. Mm-hmm. I know you're like, well, I've been out for two, three hours. I can't wait to go home and look at my phone. <laughs> hmm. Not do anything. Yeah. Ah, boy, we're getting old, huh? Sure are. We're both twenty-seven. Wow, just a couple, couple of old farts. Couple of twenty-seven old man. Well, I suppose. What are your final thoughts? What are my final thoughts? Yeah, what are your final thoughts on Humongous Entertainment? Oh yeah, not. I'm not saying you're about to die. You're not. (laughs) What are your final (laughs) thoughts on Humongous Entertainment? Um, I think they're a great company. I mean. Lawsuit aside from one of the founders. Because she wanted to build her dream home. She wanted home. to build a dream home. Oh, that, that, we're, we're bringing this back full circle. I remember okay. why I brought up the Burger Chef murders. Mm-hmm. Um, is because that was another thing where it's like, I'm just doing some research, not expecting to really find anything out of the ordinary. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm humongous, like humongous entertainment. Ooh, Ron Gilbert. What's he, what's he done? Shelly Day, what's she done? I click on Shelly Day. She has like her intro Wikipedia entry and the only subset and like the only subsection is fraud conviction. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? A fraud section? I, I so I looked at that when you were describing it and I really liked how it's the specific mention of why she did it was because she wanted her dream home. Just a really weird justification to to put into the wikipedia yeah Yeah. (laughs) and a weird justification to do it at all like i could see if you're genuinely just like i wanted more money or i needed this money because of like bills or something or Mm -hmm. but just like specifying you wanted it for a dream home but not even a dream it was a dream home on an island yeah so yeah anyway that that was why (laughs) that was why i re-brought up burger chef uh was just because that was another moment of like Searching something pretty innocuous. Oh, criminal activity. <laughs> we should strive to find the criminal activity in every episode. I wonder if that'll happen. I bet it. I bet we we're, could. We're two for it. two. Yeah. So far, we are two for two. All in all, I like Humongous Entertainment. I liked their games growing up. I even I even had a good I had a good time when we were replaying it. I mean, like, 
a little bit of frustration aside, I don't know. It was, it was fun to see, fun to relive and really fun to learn that Pajama Sam is Bobby Hill. Oh, yeah. I can't believe we hadn't brought that up yet. Pajama Sam is Bobby Hill and Spinelli from Recess. I would have much preferred a point and click game where you are Bobby Hill in a King of the Hill style I, situation. I, that would be fun. I bet someone somewhere out there realized that connection and has made a point and click like King of the Hill game with with Bobby as the main character. That would be really fun where you just like like your goal is to like get Hank to like give you a hug or something. And yeah, like you're just Bobby, like going through all the various props in your prop comedy closet. And a, a true adventure game would be Bobby has to go get his Game Boy out from Hank's desk at Strickland Propane. That would be great. That's a free idea for anyone that has modding capabilities or whatever <laughs> and is able to make a game. We would love to see a point and click adventure game in which you play as Bobby Hill and you need to get your Game Boy back from Hank's desk at Strickland Propane. That's all I got on Humongous Entertainment. Wow. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's the end of the show. Uh, if you like the show and you want to help us out, uh, please leave us a review uh, wherever you listen to your podcast and also tell your friends and share it. Let them know that we're around and that uh, that you enjoy this. Yeah. If you want to share your own memories of playing any humongous entertainment games or any other old PC games in general, feel free to tweet at us uh, at Nostalgia System uh, or send us an email Nostalgia System podcast at gmail.com. Finally, uh, if you want to support this show even further, you can find us on Patreon uh, patreon.com slash nostalgia entertainment system finally we'd like to thank moonraker music for composing our theme song scan lines you can find them over on twitter uh, at moonraker music uh, and now soundcloud uh, that is moonraker r-a-y-k-e-r paul you got anything to plug uh no if you want to you could follow me on twitter which i do not post on and do not check at crane's dumb body He's got some really good jokes on there. Yeah, you could go find some from like 2017 or something like I that. I think I think there's some gold in that Twitter. Thanks, Josh. You should go you should go read read Paul's archive of of one-liners. Yep. And if there's anything bad there, don't bring it up cuz I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Twitch, and Patreon uh, under the handle Daruma Party. That's D A R U M A party. Why? Because I gotta. <laughs> oh, you didn't spell out party, though. Dang it. <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't. Uh, well, that's it for us this week. Uh, Paul, what are we talking about next week? We're talking about PBS Kids, Josh. Should I have been more subtle with that? No, you can be as direct as that. Whoa. All right. That's our episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.